The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. Gratitude goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges for all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. Today on Eco Radio KC, hosts Richard Mabian and Rich Gatalski will speak with their guests, Jeff Severins and Mark Hillenbrand. Jeff Severin was on Eco Radio KC a few months ago in September. He's presently Senior Program Manager for Heartland Environmental Justice Center, which is part of the Environmental Finance Center at Wichita State University. The Heartland Environmental Justice Center helps individuals, organizations, and institutions support underserved and disadvantaged communities in Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and adjoining indigenous nations capitalize on their capacity to make meaningful advances toward environmental and energy equity. Mark Hillenbrand was on our program a few weeks ago go on October 16th. He is founder of Hedgegate Hill. Hedgegate Hill was created to leverage his years of experience in nonprofit, for-profit, and governmental organizations. Each of those shows laid the foundation for the program we bring you today. The idea is we can learn how to create jobs and provide training for jobs so that work can be done to protect us from the onslaught of climate disruption. Let's make healthier lives in neighborhoods that can use environmental justice. EPA has selected 16 environmental justice thriving communities, technical assistance centers, Tic Tacs, in partnership with the U.S. Department of Energy that will receive $177 million to help underserved and overburdened communities across the country. Each of the technical assistance centers will receive at least $10 million to remove barriers and improve accessibility for communities with environmental justice concerns. We are all in this together, and it will take all of us to make the world safe for human habitation for millennia to come. Let's learn how the IRA works for our communities. We at Eco Radio Casey are glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure sure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable present or a sustainable future. Now our show. Good evening, everyone. This is Richard Mabian, uh, your, your, your peaceful host. And as usual, I'm sitting here with one heck of a show. It seems like every time we do a show, it's a groundbreaking type of an event. It's something that we hadn't done before. First of all, I'm in, I'm not even in Kansas City. I'm in DC. 
I'll I'll explain that as the show goes on. But uh, I'm sitting in a, a in my hotel room with a screen, looking at the other folks who are on this show back there in Kansas City. Um, uh, 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 Jeff being our our guest for the night, uh, you know, I promised him and I promised you that when he got this position, uh, uh referred to as Tic Tac that I wanted him to be able to at least once a month as he's getting started to come on and keep you as an audience updated with what steps he's making towards organizing this, 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 this business, this organization that he's putting together that's designed to help you as individuals or you as an organization to be able to apply for some of this money that's out here that's being made available so that his his assistance is one of helping you get funded. Not saying you will, but at least now you have someone who can work with you. Now, the reason that's important, when the major organizations, EPA, Department of Energy or any of those groups, Department of Transportation, Department of Defense, reach a certain point, they can't talk to you no more. Once that grant has been released for you to apply for it, they can't help you. Before it's released, they can be in your face every day if you need them. But once it's released, you're on your own. Thereby comes Jeff and his organization. Now, that's just a a plain, simple, raw way of explaining what I see what he's doing as being a value. Okay? So that's why we got him in there. We got uh, um, Mark back on the show again because one of uh, Jeff's areas, Rick and I met with, with – um, Jeff Friday just to kind of get brought up to date and get ready for this show. And one of the areas that he's still leaning toward needing to to work with is Iowa. And we told him that we have a guy now named Mark Hillenbrand that's working with us. That's a really sharp guy that we're going to ask him to come on the show with us and uh, so them t- so they can meet each other. And so one part of our show today is going to be talking about hearing what he's thinking about in Iowa and then jumping in there with him uh, uh, about what Mark can add to what he's saying he's thinking about in Iowa. And then we'll hit the final part of the show, and that's when we always have fun of talking about where do we go from here with the different stuff that we're doing. Okay, that's your introduction. I'm going to have everybody introduce themselves. Uh, Jeff, since it's your show, we're going to start with you. Well, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go ahead. We'll start with you. Go ahead. Okay, well, thanks for having me on again. Um, I'm ha- real honored to be here and be able to to share a little bit more about what we're doing and, and provide a quick update. I think you did a great job of explaining what it is that we do, probably better than I, I have been able to do um, with all, all that those those words in our title. We're the Heartland Environmental Justice Center, um, yes. a thriving <laughs> community's technical assistance center. So just remember Heartland Environmental Justice Center um, at heartlandej.org. That's the easiest way to find us. But um, yeah, our, our goal really is to help navigate 
um, this, the system to, to get the funding for projects, especially environmental justice projects, energy justice projects throughout the region. And, and as was said in the introduction, we cover a four state area and, and work with the tribal nations that are in our region as well. Very good, buddy. Just I told you, by the time you get to the third time, you're going to have a dial. You'll just come on and right. I won't even have to say anything. Mark, uh, you want to introduce yourself again, please? Yes, uh, this is Mark, Mark Hillenbrand, and uh, I'm a chemist, social worker, and uh, currently a organizational development consultant, and really looking forward to this discussion about uh, bringing environmental justice to the communities and uh, sharing some of my experience with the, the state of Iowa that I lived in for about 20, almost 25 years. And thank you, Richard and Rich, for having me on the show today. Thank you, sir. Now, Rich, the reason I almost stopped and went back is because, you know, generally I have you. I introduce you first because you're the co-host. But since I want you to jump into the this, 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 since we had the meeting with Mark, with Jeff Friday, you just as on top of where we're going with this as I am. So now you can introduce yourself and then take on off with a few questions. We good until 616 on this first part. Go. All right, Richard, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you, brother. It's great to be here. And uh, I spent my day out in the freezing cold, so I'm thawing out. And I know you're coming to us from Washington, D.C. D.C., D.C. power. Yeah. That's not that there's some higher power. I don't know what. <laughs> well, yeah, guys, my, my name is Rich Gutowski. I'm a, I'm a businessman, but I'm, in my, I'm, I'm older now, and um, I've decided to use business for good. We got something called Core Ecosystem, which is a set of tools that empower people that want to change the system peacefully to create sustainable, resilient, thriving communities. A set of tools for leaders like Richard, middle out leaders, people who can go both ways and across the sectors. And we want to build a local generative economy so that we can achieve the 2030, 2050 goals with producing, growing, making, buying, and learning all we can as close to home as possible. So we're, we're, we want to test this theory in Patterson, New Jersey, Birmingham, Kansas City, Kansas, and Tacoma, Washington. So that's my role here. And, you know, Richard, I, um, I think it's really interesting that we have Jeff here because this is a, a watershed moment, really, for the way government relates to, to people. Because in yes. the past, it's always been, hey, we figured out a program in Washington, D.C., and we're going to fix your community. This is the first real tangible time I've ever seen a major investment in the government hiring smart people like Jeff and his team, and they don't have a program. Yes. They are here to help you solve the problems that you see in your community based on what you see as the most important problem. And I'm so excited about that. So Jeff, can you just talk a little bit about that? Who can come to you? How small a problem, how big a problem? You know, you got a, a PTA group that wants to fix an environmental problem. You have a science teacher that wants to set up a, an environmental walk to supplement his biology teaching. Like who can come to you for help? Yeah. I I think that's real important what you said about we're not coming to people with a program. And I think we've been very specific in the way that we structure our work and structure our approach that, you know, we don't have a def necessarily a defined um, 
answer coming into any situation. We are still kind of in that process of of building our program. And by that mean I mean we want to we want to build it with the support of folks who are the experts out there in their community. So I'm not I don't want our, our team to come in to a community and say here's here's the solutions, here's these tools that we have for you. I want to go into these communities um, and and learn from them. Um, find out what tools and resources they most need um, because what I think is needed in a community may not be what the community needs. And so really wanting to make sure that, that um, folks are involved from the, from the beginning and, and helping to find, you know, what does support look like? What does it look like for us to be supported through this process so that then we can go out um, and develop that. So, Yes, it can be, you know, any individual who's experiencing some sort of environmental injustice. It can be an organization. Uh, it can be an, an established nonprofit organization. We can work with small communities. Um, and, and again, really just the goal is to help them navigate that process of getting funding for those projects. Um, it could be from the very beginning, you know, Let's help you even un understand and identify what the challenge in your community is or dig a little bit deeper into that and understand what's at the root of the problem. Um, we're not here to put a Band-Aid on anything. We're here to really help um, dig in and understand what, what the root issues are and then work with those organizations, those individuals to help develop solutions, identify funding for those solutions, walk through the process of applying for grants. We can't help write people. We can't do the writing, but we can do a lot of um, that kind of walking through the process, um, identifying the best source of funds, um, looking at those uh, grant applications and what's required, helping people identify, you know, how you're going to measure your outcomes, how you're going to measure your progress. Um, so that when it comes to hitting submit on that application, they've got the strongest application they can possibly have. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm going to come over to, to Mark because that's kind of fits right into why we wanted you to be here. We only have like about three minutes left, but I think it, 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 you've been, I know you and I know what you do when people talk. So what have you heard? Yes, thank thank you, Rich. This is Mark, and uh, what, what I heard, what I wanted to reflect upon is is we've got a challenge to communicate uh, the way that the government is changing, and that we have to reach out to community communities, let them know that these opportunities are there, and help empower them to know that they're in charge or that they can be in charge of of, of coming up with solutions to bring ec uh, uh, ecological justice into their communities. Well, you know, and uh, I know we I got a, well, I'm trying to think I got two minutes before we got to take a break. But while we opened up this and was showing everybody was talking, I couldn't help but think about the current circumstance that we're we're living under. And of course, like you said, Rich, me being in D.C., I mean, if you think you getting wall to wall news on Israel and, and Palestine, be in D.C., that, that, that then you get the you you starting to see the real story, and that real story is moving past the the, the decision makers and is moving to the, the people, 
And that's something that I think happening. We happen today that we all need to take real close look at. And what we're talking about doing can be a perfect example of working through that 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 that, that, that for lack of a better word, mess. Because somebody was saying something and they said I can't say the word reparations, uh when 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 Terry was talking to us, because of what what the word repre- represents to people who hear it who have different opinions about what should be going on in life. And then you can flip the other words and it's all about word usage. And so what happens is we down to a point and I'm going to cut it off here and I'm get, I'll get back on this soapbox later, but we need to be able to make that adjustment for people in life. So that's what this is about. This is Richard Mavian. This is Eco Radio. And I told you it was going to be a good one. See ya. KKFI 90.1 FM. Join KKFI on November 2nd at the Drexel Hall at the Kansas City Irish Center for Music Unites, featuring Calvin Arsenia and Friendly Thieves. Music Unites, a benefit for KKFI, brings together a community for a special night of music. Doors open at 7.30. The concert starts at 8. Go to kkfi.org to purchase tickets and learn more. Thank you for listening to KKFI. Be sure to like and follow your community radio station on social media at KKFI 901 FM, as we are now adding new content to our social media sites every day. And thank you again for supporting this station since 1988. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. As winter approaches, people with older homes may worry about the high cost of heating drafty rooms in the coming months. But homeowners can reduce heating expenses and make their space more comfortable with just a few simple weatherization projects. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, caulking air leaks around windows can reduce energy costs by 10 to 20 percent. Weather stripping around windows and doors and adding insulation to the attic, basement, and crawl spaces of a home can also prevent warm air from escaping. By reducing drafts, weatherizing can help keep it nice and toasty inside. And it can help reduce climate warming pollution. If the home is heated with fuel oil or natural gas, saving energy decreases a homeowner's use of fossil fuels. The DOE has created a webpage that can help do-it-yourselfers figure out which energy-saving projects will offer the biggest bang for their buck. It includes step-by-step directions, the skill level required, approximate prices, and the amount of energy that can be saved by completing each project. So homeowners can decide which projects to tackle in order to help keep their home warm when the temperatures turn cold. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. All right. This is Richard Mabian. I'm back, and uh, we're going to get right into this second part of the show. Uh, Jeff, this is actually going to be your show, your turn. You give us, tell us, what do you, just tell us about 
what you're experiencing. Yeah. No, that, that last segment about climate change made me think a little bit about a, a community that we have started to have some conversations with down in southeast Missouri um, and the impacts that, that they're experiencing down there because of climate change, increased flooding, uh, to tornadoes that used to come through our part of the state up here are now shifting um, south and, and east. Um, there's a fault line there. There's more ice storms there. And these communities aren't built to take that kind of a brunt of, of these storms. And so um, climate change is going to have a real impact on a lot of these small communities that, that don't have that sort of protection built in. Um, and so that's something that, that our center is going to be helping with is looking at, you know, what are some funding sources to, um, to help build, you know, shelter, community shelters or to help reinvest in some of that infrastructure down there so that they're not completely wiped out when a major storm comes through. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, we, we think about climate change impacting people elsewhere, but it's, it's right here um, and it's having an impact and it's changing the way that, that communities operate and whether, or whether or not they can even survive really. And so um, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing, um, places where there's just been that that historic disinvestment in communities um, and needing to, to revitalize the community, bring in green space, bring in improved infrastructure just for basic, you know, health and basic needs, really. Um, and and uh, being able to improve the, the general health and well-being of the community. And that's something that we're hoping that we can um provide some help and support for communities that are struggling in that way that have, you know, a lot of abandoned properties that they have spaces where um, they'd like to establish um, a, a community garden because they're in a food desert, meaning there's, you know, there's not anywhere close by that they can get healthy, affordable food. Um, and so understanding that there are also concerns with the, the health of the soil and maybe there's contamination in that soil and it's not, um, maybe it's not the best place to to be growing food and so helping um, raise awareness about that and and looking at how do we make sure that that we're making this change but doing it in a way that's that's going to be safe and and produce you know a, a better quality of, of life for folks um and a lot of it right now i said you know we're still we're, we are still building the the center as we go um Fortunately, we have, you know, since the last time I talked to you, we've hired on three new full-time staff that are available to provide training and provide technical assistance. Um, we'll be shifting into uh, our next round of hiring soon to be able to bring in some additional folks that um, are working right there in communities that, that need the most support. Um, so that's kind of on the horizon. We're also getting started with, um, and we'll be promoting this soon, but I think I told you last time that I was on, we talked about having an accountability board um, and, okay. and recognizing again that, you know, we're a predominantly white institution. We're based out of Wichita State University. Most of our staff um, are also white. We have some accountability here to make sure that we are doing things in a way that is, uh, that, you know, culturally responsible and culturally responsive, that we are, um, listening um, and learning from folks, not imposing our own kind of value system or, or way of doing things, but 
but really um, caring what it is um, that 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 folks in the communities that we are wanting to provide some support for um, really need and the best way to engage and the best way to communicate and, and to be welcomed in the community. Um, you know, I said earlier, you know, we don't want to come into the community with our own ideas and tools. We want to be welcomed in because um, because we, you know, have built a, a trusting relationship. And and so, if folks are, are interested in you know serving on that accountability board, we will be putting out a call soon to to invite folks um, that represent the diversity of our four state region. Um, to, to, to serve on that. And it's, it's a, a paid position for folks, um, an hour, you know, it's not a huge stipend, but, you know, we want to make sure that, that if we're asking of your time and to share your culture, your knowledge, um, your way, way of living, that we're also, you know, compensating you for that. So be on the lookout for that, if that's something that you're interested in, but, but folks can also just contact us through our website at heartlandej.org to, 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 you know, share the, their interest in serving on an accountability board for us. Yeah, I, I feel that everything you said is 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 atypical of where we are as a uh, a, um, a nation of people. Uh, that thing down there in southeast Missouri, you know, but you talking you down there by the what do they call it? Uh, the, is that is that the boot heel on that end? That's of the boot heel, yeah. Yep. And see, I spent some time down there. I, the names of those towns not popping out, but I worked for the Division of Youth Services when I was learning my human behavior, and I got to spend some time down there. I, they got mad at me because I told them that uh, 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 that uh, they was talking about how much they love Martin Luther King, and I said, well, I guess he really didn't get it done because they killed him, and you know how those people down there felt when I said that. And then they said, well, what do you think about the Black Panthers? And no, they could lock all them up in jail. But I do think there's somewhere in between, in the middle, where we need to be working with this and not all going in one way because we have that kind of thing that needs to occur. And down there where you are in that part of the country, there's some good people down there. I know some folks who work down there with the Sierra Club and other places. So that's a good place. Um, Rick, come on in here. This is because, uh, see, we, I was thinking about you and he was talking about the hiring of the folks and stuff, you know. Uh, uh, um, we need that climate change consciousness is a necessity. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? For people who are going to be served by the people you hire. So that comes back on our end of the, uh, of the trip, Rich. How do we, what can we do to assist him in that agenda of who he's trying to hire by being able to reach people through a RETA type of a program with caseworkers that's dealing with that kind of market. I know I just gave you a lot, but you sharp. You could figure oh, it out. Well, that's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to answer your question, Richard, but you know, I just want to, what's really on my spirit right now are two quotes. What's that quote that David Corton always said about where the solutions will come from to the world's problems? We are the we are the um, the the ones you've been waiting for. No, 
No, he said he said the solutions to the world's problems will come from those who suffered most. Suffer the most. Yes, 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 yes. yes the most just You got me. That should have came out off the tip of my tongue. Soon well, that's you okay. Talking. You, you yeah, had a yeah. big travel. Day. I'm in D.C. So, now, so your 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 horizon broadens. <laughs> well, I think that there's a lot of people listening right now that are just listening. And they're saying, well, hey, I don't have any experience. I don't have any of this. I don't have any of that. I don't have any money. Entrepreneurship is not about having answers. It's about presenting a solving a problem. And what's really exciting about this show to me is um, you've got people like Mark and Jeff that are waiting to help you solve your problem. These are two white guys that aren't coming into your community saying, hey, let me fix your community. They're saying, look, I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what the solution is, but I will work with you to help you. And I want to encourage someone that's sitting in that chair, poo-pooing it and saying, big deal, big deal, big deal, to get, get up off the chair. You've probably had an issue in your community. The trucks are spewing diesel fuel. Your kids got asthma. You see oil coming up out of the ground. You're you're living across from a you know oil dump. You know, yeah. uh, you know what? You wouldn't have been able to get help six months ago. Now you can. There's a lot of money out there, and 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 what I love is that the government is changing its perspective. I'm just gonna say that this core ecosystem that we built is at the intersection of collective impact, which means we got to work together to get this done in our diversity. It's business for good, which which there's a whole new bu- uh, 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 form of corporation, form of business that is designed to have social impact, not to make people rich, right? So use all those real powerful tools for good. We're at the intersection of indigenous wisdom and the tech platform revolution. So those four things, collective impact, business for good, uh, indigenous wisdom, and the tech platform revolution. And and indigenous wisdom is so important. I want to read this. This is thousands of years old. And imagine if our government had been working this way when they started. This is from Lao Tzu, L-A-O-T-Z-U. You guys can Google it. And here's what he said thousands of years ago. Go to the people. Live with them, learn from them, love them. Start with what they know, build with what they have. But with the best leaders, when the work is done, the task is accomplished, the people will say, we have done this ourselves. So folks, this is a complete shift in the way our government works. Everybody's upset and everybody's divided, but there's this is some good stuff happening. Jeff is a pioneer. He needs your help. He's got all this money to give away, but he can't do it without some local people stepping up and getting off their chairs and getting off their couch and saying, you know what? Here's a problem. I don't know the solution, but now I got Jeff and you got a guy like Mark who's willing to help. And he's got that attitude, too. I mean, I'm so excited because I've been doing this nonsense for 30 years. And this is the first time I've seen the government and the talent come together. Now we just need you. Don't be hopeless. Be hopeful. 
Sorry, brother. That's okay. No, but one thing that the one thing that I'm right with you. You know that I'm with you and I spend too much time together talking to not be on the same page. I am feeling Biden. And I'm not a Democrat. I don't like either party. I don't I haven't figured out yet how a black person or a low income person can be a member of any of those parties if they're not doing something for you. I believe in the person. I will vote for a person that is doing something that can be a benefit for what we need. My biggest benefit is getting people trained and put on a job. I mean, I was riding in a cab yelling today. I don't care what anybody says. We need in our community to put our nut buckets to work. That's it. And there's some money out there to do that. So that's why I'm excited about it. But it comes back to vote for the person. Y'all quit being led because, oh, I won't even go there. This ain't a political show. But get into like we're talking about right now, what's capable or what was possible for us to do. Sorry, Mark, I took up your time, but you involved on this next one. It's Richard Mabian, Eco Radio. Be right back. Here's a calendar for the week of October 30th. Share the Sun, low-income solar panel opportunity. Want lower electric bills? Share the Sun can help. Share the Sun is a free solar energy program that helps low-income KCMO residents reduce their energy bills. Eligible homeowners can receive a 10-panel, 4-kilowatt solar energy system with a 25-year warranty at no cost. To qualify, a person must own and occupy their home, have a roof 10 years old or less, live in Kansas City, Missouri, and make equal to or less than 60% of the area mean income. To sign up, email solar at jerusalemfarm.org. The program will continue through the end of the 2023 calendar year. Please spread the word among your networks. Saturday, November 4th, 1 to 4 at the Westport Commons Farm, 300 East 39th Street, Kansas City, Missouri. You can join the Compost Collective KC and Cultivate KC for an epic pumpkin smash party. If you're not familiar, the Pumpkin Smash annual event is to divert pumpkins from the landfill each fall. These pumpkins are too valuable to waste, so let's send them to have their new life at Herbivore Farm. Bring your old jack-o'-lanterns to pulverize with the smashing tool of your choice and enjoy a cold one courtesy of the Big Rip Brewing Company. Don't forget to bring a reusable cup. To learn more, visit compostcollectivekc.com. Sunday, November 5th, from 11 to 1 at Bud Park, 5350 Bud Park Esplanade Street, Kansas City, Missouri. Heartland Tree Alliance is offering a new two-hour course on basic tree pruning skills for shade and ornamental trees. Fruit trees will not be discussed. Participants will learn through hands-on training and instruction about proper pruning tools, basic tree biology, types of pruning cuts, and how to make a proper cut. Space is limited to keep the teacher-to-student ratio low. This course is a prerequisite for volunteers who would like to participate in the HTA pruning workdays throughout the metro, as well as for anyone interested in learning about basic pruning techniques. All tools will be provided, but participants are asked to bring safety or sunglasses, gloves, and a folding chair. Register at bridgingthegap.org. Stay involved. Happy Halloween. My name is Liz. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. 
Okay, gang, this is it. This is our final run. We got about a good 16 minutes here. I'll give y'all 50. I need a minute to say goodnight to everybody. But, Mark, I'm going to let you spring. This is your part. I want you to talk to um, uh, Jeff. Just based on your, your, your past experience and knowledge of Iowa, I want to focus in on Iowa. You know, I'm the black speaker up in Iowa. They have, I've been all over Iowa speaking to them. They don't have a whole bunch of black folks up there dealing with the environment, so it's good for them to bring me up to do that. I even spoke at a Malcolm, X, Malcolm X's uh, center that they got up there, so I felt real like I was somebody. I almost wore a suit. Um, okay, Mark, bring it to us. Come on. Talk to talk to Jeff. Excellent. This is Mark and uh, Richard and 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 Rich. Thanks again for for having this show on this platform. And, and Jeff, as as I think about Iowa and um, this region that we're in, this four state region, and each region of the of the U.S. has its own individual challenges. And I think one of the challenges in our region in Iowa itself is we've got a combination of rural and urban um, communities. So we've got uh, large expanses of, of small towns, um, and then we've got a handful of, of big cities. And so you've got a mix of both urban and rural issues. And I think that one of the things that uh, we need to keep talking about is how do we come together, come, come together around the common issue of, of the environment and the environmental health, and our diversity is our strength. And so I think that uh, what I'd like to, to kind of have a discussion about is as we think about the, the different communities and, and the challenge of rural versus urban, um, and you could, you know, you could do it any, 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 you know, there's many different descriptions of, of the different communities that are out there. Um, but when we talk about the environment, oftentimes it's such a big problem, I, I get stumped on where I can act. And so I think maybe, Jeff, that's a question that I may ha have of you is as we think about these different communities that are out there and they're beginning to individuals that are thinking to, to myself, you know, I've, I've been interested in this issue and I'm wondering how I can involve and they're right in that stage of getting involved. How do we have that? You know, how do we help nudge them to to taking a step and picking up a call and uh, the phone and, and, and getting connected with a group or maybe connecting with their neighbors? But I think in Iowa, that's that's definitely the issue. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, that, that in, in our region too, we have, we have big expanses and then we've got, uh, urban, urban, uh, um, concentrations of people. So kind of that's what I, my reflection on Iowa and this region, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how do we help nudge people going from thinking about it to considering getting involved. You muted. That is an important question, and I think does you know describe a lot of the region. You know, Kansas has a similar situation. Uh, Nebraska is similar. You know, there's large expanses of of rural Missouri that are the same way, and um, people in those areas think about environmental issues in very different ways uh, based on how it impacts their lives, and so. Part of what so part of what some of our partners are doing, and so in Iowa we work with uh, the Iowa Environmental Council. Um, in 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 Nebraska we work with the Center for Rural Affairs, and in Kansas the 
Kansas Rural Center from an, from a rural perspective anyway. Um, and what those organizations are helping do is just engage those communities. Um, in some cases, you know, just raising awareness about the environmental issues that are impacting people um, and helping them understand, like, here's, here's what's happening in our communities. Um, here's how it's impacting your life. Um, really making it more personal, I think, because a lot of times we see, um, you know, I grew up in a, in a rural community in Northeast Kansas. Um, I had a creek that ran through my backyard, you know, explored all the time, was always outdoors. Um, I didn't necessarily think about some of the, you know, urban environmental justice issues that were happening because it didn't impact me. Um, but I think it also goes back a little bit to, to what Rich was saying about, you know, it's, we're all, you know, part of this together. It's, it takes us all to really understand what's happening um, because it is, you know, we're all part of a system. Um, we're not living on, you know, separate islands that are not impacted by each other. You know, we all are, are connected in some way. And, and starting with understanding, you know, what are the challenges um, and how does what's happening in my community impact somebody downstream or in a, you know, the, uh, when we see things like fires that are impacting the air quality halfway across the country um, and, and helping understand kind of what those connections are a little bit. And then being able to, from, from there, say, okay, here's how this is impacting your life. What can we, what can we do about it? Um, who else needs to be part of this conversation? Um, because again, it's not just one person that's going to come in and fix anything. We all have to be um, working on these issues together and, and understanding what you know what role we all individually can and and really must play to to, to create meaningful change. Excellent. And and uh, this is Mark again. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, I'd like to bring Richard and Rich in and kind of help uh, describe the the potential opportunity we have to connect empowering people to the eco you know the environment and then the idea of entrepreneurship and um, creating a, a marketplace and a, and a local uh, generative economy and and connect all that into the the environment and how that can work both from from the rural and urban perspectives. Richard, you gonna grab that one? Oh, I jump on it. Uh, <laughs> I uh, have been the uh, person of color keynote speaker for the Kansas Rural Center, so I've had a chance to 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 be in that environment that is predominantly uh, white, and uh, the furthest thing from their mind is uh, black consciousness or black concerns. I have that problem in Kansas, uh, many of the groups I work with. But, you know, they are united in a different way. And they're very organized. The lack of organization that I have in Quindaro, Kansas City, Kansas, is not a factor for them. For them, it's like 2023, okay? They're, they're using their organized way of living with, I like, I use the term, 
1950. And so they're losing the here and now generation, but they are intact with each other. They don't have the difficulties that other folks deal with. They, 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 they are still living life as a majority. Anything outside of the majority is their minority. And it has its place in life. You know, uh, so, 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 so I'm saying to me, it's to go with what you got for success in 2023 terms and not go in there trying to reinvent the wheel. Then in the process of doing that, bring in those other factors that fit into the puzzle in a way that makes them an asset. Chicken George in Roots made himself and his family an asset. And from that, his family grew. So that's what I'm saying. Instead of going in trying to create an integration program, let's go in and create something that feels good in this organized environment that already exists and then expand, like Rich says, from the middle out. There it is. That's what I can do all right off the spur of a moment like that. Oh, man, you're all deep and philosophical, Richard. Oh, hey, 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 look at who hey. I got to follow. You got any goosebumps <laughs> on the back of my head. I'm just a practical businessman. I'm not a philosopher. <laughs> Listen, you know, here's the reality. Um, there's a lot of conflict going on in the world right now. Yes. Most of what we consume is made in China. If those supply chains are broken or interrupted, where are we going to get our aspirin? <laughs> where are we going to get yeah. our napkins and our face masks and our paint and our steel and all the things that we used to make here that are made in China now? So people are recognizing that. And if we, they're going to bring it back. Guys, it's coming back. You know, uh, manufacturing is coming back to the United States. And we've got a situation right now in the world where 4,000 people own about 85% of the wealth. That's unsustainable. That wealth is going to have to be repatriated to our lower income communities. If that wealth comes in or that manufacturing comes back, um, and we, we, we bring it through the current systems we have, we're going to get more of what we've always got. And it's a big mess. Johnson County will get richer and Wyandotte County will get poorer. Yep. So having Jeff paid by the government to say, look, folks, we got it. We got it wrong in the last 60 years. We want to try a new way. The only thing we're missing is people in this audience listening right now who have suffered much from this system and who see environmental degradation probably every day 
that you can't sit on the couch and just think someone else is going to fix it. Mama, it's you. That's it. Hey, junior in college, you want something that looks good on your resume? You catalyze this environmental change. Hey, Uncle Bobby, come on, man. You know, you might have spent a few years away from the family. It don't matter. You got Mark. You got Jeff. It is. Mark. Right? You've you've seen the problems. You've never had a way to be empowered to fix them. And you got two men on this radio show that are here specifically to do that. And hopefully in a year or so, I'll be ready too. So it's all about, if you want to create a climate change consciousness at the base of the pyramid communities, which is 7 billion people in, in the world, you are not going to be able to create that, create that climate, climate consciousness if they don't get jobs. And people know that. The fastest way to create an, an environmental consciousness is with green-related jobs. And not to tout my own partner, but my other partner has 25 clean energy businesses that he wants to put into a clean energy park. Do it as a public benefit corporation. Share the profit with every employee, and there could be a 1,000 employees in that clean energy park. Share that profit in the form of social impact investment accounts so that all those employees can get richer by investing that money in local business, local housing, local infrastructure, local business owners. It is unsustainable to have the people that own all the productive assets of your community live somewhere else. We need to own our own stuff. Yes. Consume less. That's it. You know, and the one thing that put made me um, join forces up with Rich was him telling that story he just told. Because, see, in my world, I know that our national leaders are being distracted by global politics. And when your national leaders are distracted, they can't put the amount of attention they need on the local domestic circumstances. What Rick just did was gave the local circumstances an agenda. And he made it employee beneficial. I like to say employee owned. He don't like me saying that. But it's like that's what I would be able to grab their attention by saying, you know, it's your money. And you, the requirement is that you invest it locally. And see, we talking generational here. Because the here and now will be showing the future generations a light they have never heard of or seen. All right, my people, I got two minutes left. This has been a great, great show. I knew it would be. And uh, so much so that I ain't even going to tell you why I'm in New York. I mean, I'm in D.C. I'll tell you about it next time I'm on the show. Jeff, I'm going to give you a hustle during the holiday. I'm going to let you spend some time with your daughter and stuff, so I'm not going to bother you on the November or December with a show. Uh, Rick, you don't get that. 
you you and I are gonna do Christmas. I'm telling you right now, uh, <laughs> Christmas is on Christmas is on Monday, so you and I are doing Christmas, buddy. <laughs> so get <laughs> ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rest of you invited. You ain't doing nothing. Not drunk. You get on get on the air and say something, but. Uh, this has been a great show. I'd love to thank you, everyone. Uh, I appreciate your contribution. I will try my best to represent you and the rest of Kansas City, especially Kansas City, Kansas, tomorrow with the Department of Energy. Thank you. See you next time around, everybody. Be safe. Be safe. Be safe. Call Jeff. <laughs> It's time now for your good news for a good planet. The Greenhouse North Solution. With an endless demand for fresh food year-round, northern farmers are often left out in the cold due to the cost of heating greenhouses with fossil fuels. However, in Alberta, Canada, Chinese farmer Jay Dong of Fresh Pal Farms has developed a solar solution. His greenhouse is a 10,000-square-foot sustainable mini-ecosystem. It's constructed of a steel frame with two clear plastic roofs, which you Utilize the insulating properties of trapped heated air. On the north side is a 20-foot high, 2-foot thick clay wall that absorbs the sun's heat all day long and radiates it back at night. An electric motor extends and retracts a thick black blanket just under the upper roof, which traps the heat collected during the day, which melts the snow. These simple measures keep the massive interior space at a constant 82 degrees Fahrenheit, even when outside temperatures drop to negative 31 degrees. Heating an equivalent-sized greenhouse with natural gas gas could cost nearly $30,000 per month compared to the nearly zero monthly costs for sunshine and good design. In 2021, Jay produced more than 25,000 pounds of tomatoes and all kinds of other vegetables. Working with the sun's energy and a greenhouse built to breathe provides next-generation farmers a year-round growing season, no matter where they live. And this is Mandy from goodnewsgoodplanet.com. Hi, I'm Janine Jackson, host of Counterspin, your weekly look behind the headlines. Counterspin couldn't exist without stations like KKFI that put community first. We're proud to air every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. And if you miss it, you can find it at kkfi.org. That's Counterspin every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. right here on KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Join KKFI on November 2nd at Drexel Hall at Kansas City Iris Center for Music Unites, featuring Calvin Arsenia and Friendly Thieves. Music Unites, a benefit for KKFI, brings together the community for a special night of music. Doors open at 7.30, the concert starts at 8. Go to kkfi.org to purchase tickets and to learn more. My name is Darnell. At the end of our hour, here's some environmental news for the week of October 30th, 2023. EcoWatch reports the consumption of meat and dairy products puts an enormous strain on the planet. A new study was published in the journal Nature Communications. It found that replacing half the chicken, beef, pork, and milk products consumed by humans with plant-based alternatives has the potential to reduce agricultural greenhouse gas emissions as well as related land use by almost one-third. The reduction would 
would also effectively stop forest loss. Solar is a major contributor to the renewable energy mix. With everything from solar lights and heating to solar TVs and refrigerators, now there's the Stellaterra, the first off-road solar-powered car, which recently completed a test drive of 620 miles across North Africa without recharging. Kansas Reflector reports, the earth is on track to become uninhabitable for three and six billion people by the end of the century, according to a new report by Oregon State University scientists. Global efforts to curb greenhouse gas emissions are falling way short. Scientists have consistently warned on a future marked by extreme climatic conditions because of escalating global temperatures caused by ongoing human activities that release harmful greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. The report notes some progress. Global use of renewable energy roles and global rate of deforestation decline. The report called for an immediate move from fossil fuel while decoupling economic growth from extractive resources such as timber, minerals, and ore. Inside Climate News reports, According to the Environmental Protection Agency's recently released greenhouse gas reporting program data, among the top 10 climate polluters in the nation is one in Missouri, Amarin's Labadi Coal Power Plant, Labadi, Missouri. In the third quarter, U.S. consumers' purchase of electric vehicles was about 8% of the U.S. sales of cars and light trucks, and growth in market shares has been rapid. Here are the top five recommended models in order. Kia EV6, BMW iX, Genesis GV60, BMW i4, Hyundai Ioniq 6. None of these five vehicles qualify for federal tax credits. However, next year, the Equinox EV will. Sustainability Action Newsletter reports. Hydraulic fracture of oil and gas is linked to health harms, including cancer, cardiovascular disease, asthma, and birth defects, according to the latest studies on the impact of fracture on human health. Overall, study found evidence that people who live near well pads and compressor stations are exposed to toxic airborne pollutants leading to health problems at higher rates than in other sectors of the population. Recently, Democratic governors of Illinois and North Carolina have vetoed bills to build new nuclear reactors in their states, warning that doing so would divert money and attention from a strategy of using renewable energy. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. Please tune in again next week or listen to our podcast at any time. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you each week by a team of collaborators, including me, Craig Lugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Rysdale, Bob Grove, and Dave Mitchell. 
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. This is Richard Mabian, and you can send inquiries and comments to our email at kkfi.org forward slash contact or message us on our Facebook page. Up next is Fiesta Musical, followed by Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? Ooh.